Michael Applesamy. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode I sit down for a bit of a catch up with Michael Applesamy. He is one of our newer guides at Wild Eye. He's been with us for just over a year now, and it has been absolutely amazing for me to see his growth from when he joined us up until now. Uh, speaking to some of the guests who've been with him recently, I mean, seeing how he operates in the office, it's been an absolute joy, a pleasure, and a privilege to have him on the team. And in the first of a series of episodes, I'm going to be chatting to all the guides, just kind of getting some ideas of their year, where they are, where they want to go. Uh, I set up with Michael, and we have a bit of a conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, we're going. Are we I'm live? Looking, we are live. All right. Um... <laughs> so when you were outside now, I asked the um, I asked some of the people in the office to give me some questions to ask you. To ask me? Yes. Oh, nice. That's so I'm going to start with Tanya. All right. Who's your favorite logistics person? <laughs> no, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. Sumito. Mm, okay, I don't think she's going to go for that, but that's fine. <laughs> Deal. That's fine, that's fine. Yep. Otherwise, how's the year been? Oh, no, it's been brilliant, thanks, G. I'm really, really... I've loved it, eh? Absolutely loved it. Been crazy, busy, been good. The travels have been amazing. How many days did you travel this year? Trev asked me earlier, I'll be honest with you, I have no idea off my head, but it's around like 50, 50-ish. What's your goal? What's my goal? How many would you like to travel? Yes, I th- I've never really thought about it. I've never really thought of it. But, but I mean, Johan sent out our, our days the other day for uh-huh. next year. And I was looking, I mean, I'm sitting on about half of what, you know, the likes of Mike, Johan, Trip, yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys are doing. So you're sitting on about 60-something for next year? Yeah, 60-something for next year. But I mean, oh, as much as possible, I just want to get out there, AG. As much as possible. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some of these staff questions in between here. Okay. Johan, one of his. What's been your favorite part about guiding at Wilder this year? Uh, <laughs> probably spending time in that Mara campaign. Mm. Going to the Mara GIA. For me, I mean, I've been to, so this, this year I've, I spent some time obviously in the mm-hmm. Mara yeah. and uh, Medique, Sabi Sabi a little bit. Um, but for me, by far, hands down, the Mara, it's just one of those destinations I grew up watching my entire life, but I never, ever thought I'd get out there. Mm-hmm. So every time I am out there, it just, it blows my way. And, and I, I literally said every time I got back from the Mara, best best safari week of my life <laughs> yeah. it's like, is, it, is it kind of because i mean you you obviously knew us before you joined us yeah and how how does what you thought is going to be compared to reality oh, n- n- it, it's not even close really not even close to be honest because you know I, having guide the, that little bit of time that i did guide myself um here in south africa what i grew what i grew up seeing there it honestly doesn't compare mm. I mean, I'm sure you, you know, the first time you thing. went to those other African countries. I, I used to say to people that if you do a lot of South African trips, that if you, let's say you've done, I don't know, 20 safaris throughout your lifetime. Yeah. That if you go to Kenya during migration, you probably see all the animals that you've seen combined <laughs> on all the others on day one. Exactly. And the scale is stupid. It's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. So that's something that's blown my mind, really, is like, the scale everyone tells you when you go to the Mara mm. you're going to see lots of wildebeest you're going to see <laughs> like you can't believe them until you actually see it you can't know? process it eh? exactly exactly yeah, how many weeks did you spend there this year uh, I was there for about five weeks five weeks 
Jeez, five I weeks. I had, I had two, two stints where I was there for like two in a week, two mm-hmm. weeks in a row, back to back. Mm-hmm. And then I was there once for just one week. Sure. What's your next trip from now? Um, it is a Madikwe trip in February. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about Madikwe? Love it. Yeah. Love it. This year was quite cool because I got to experience it winter and summer. Oh, nice. Completely different. What do you prefer? Personally, winter. Mm. Um, I just, in, I mean, the dust out there, you know what it's like. That flow dam, afternoon sunset, a bit of dust, elephants, rhinos, ridiculous. That's still some of my best. I mean, I used to work in Madigua for about 10 years. Yes. But then I went back, I think it was 2015, 16, mm-hmm. and on Clow Dam. So if you come from the lodges side and you drive around to the eastern side, mm-hmm. so you're looking over the dam, over the water to basically to Gabarone side. Yes. And you've got the double mountains in the background. Ridiculous. The Inselbergs and stuff, and you've got the tree. We had this one year, it was end of October. All the dust. Oh, and there's just elephants in, elephants out. And the stuff there, I think in all my time shooting, I've never had a scene like that. Where it's yeah. just on and on. Then the rhinos came in and then the clouds come over and it, it, it was insane. The colors changed. Like it's insane. Every, you have like 10 seconds with specific yeah. light and then it's changing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, magic. I mean, not to, not to write off the summertime though, because what was quite beautiful for me there now is... I mean, just the colors, the greens, the, mm. the reds, especially with that red sand. We had quite a few elephants. They literally red. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was also, you know, that's beautiful, beautiful. So yeah, that was, that was cool. I enjoyed Madikwe for that. Um, what's, what's been the most, uh, Johan's question as well. Okay. What's one of the most important lessons from the last year? Oof. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, probably organizational skills. Throughout my traveling has been... Has what, been, while you travel? While I travel, specifically. Um, what, does that, what does that mean? In terms of, I mean, keeping up with the admin, you know, the admin never stops. So, and, and especially helping out Trev this year with the, the rental stuff, mm-hmm. which is something I've really enjoyed because that's kept me like on a day-to-day sure. management type of thing. Um, organizing all of that while you're on safari can be challenging can be challenging and following up with leads and keeping in touch with mm. um <laughs> keeping in touch with all of your leads and all of that yeah it's it's challenging how do you to, manage it though i mean when do you do that because for people who don't understand we would wake up for example at five in the morning mm-hmm. johan's peeking at us he's been i know weird. <laughs> um five in the morning then you meet people you're out with them the whole day sometimes you go home quickly to shower after drive you're back into lightroom there's lunch you spend more time with them out on drive drinks mm-hmm. you go to bed when did you do that how did it work my sort of go-to time is later on in the evening. Mm-hmm. I don't mind pushing in a little extra half an hour, hour mm-hmm. or whatever it is after everyone's gone to bed. Yeah. Um, and usually around that time. Usually around that time, that's when I did it. Is there, and it's the same question as kind of what the camp was. When you and I met, you were, you were kind of, what was your role then? You were camp manager. Camp manager slash and you guiding were doing, when needed. Yeah, you were guiding, you were drinking, bringing drinks, you were doing the whole thing. Yeah. And then a lot of people look at what you're doing now, what I've been doing, what we do, mm-hmm. as this very romantic thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, you only see lions and stuff like that. How does the, now that you've done it for a while, yeah. how would you explain it to someone who wants to get into it? Uh, look, I've, I've always said, even when I was working at that lodge, I've always said, this is the type of job, like, you need to love it. Mm. Otherwise, it <clears> will <throat> be the worst job in the world for you because you, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with... Um, logistics what a what a what a you know all of this stuff yeah. um who's people, been your worst guest this year no I don't answer that, that. <laughs> <laughs> joke joke no carry on <laughs> they've all been wonderful g nice <laughs> nice <laughs> um uh, what was the question again sorry 
You see, now we see where you're going. You just <laughs> want to guess and guess names. No. <laughs> uh, how would you explain what you're doing now yes. in reality to someone new who wanted to try yeah. it? Look, I, I think something you can relate to, just family back at home, they, they don't see it as a job. No one sees they it see as a job. They see your Instagram. They see my Instagram. They see all of that stuff. Um, and all these amazing updates from these beautiful places, <laughs> which is 100%. I mean, we're so fortunate to be doing all of that stuff. But the crux in between it is, is interesting. Like, I think for anyone who's wanting to get into something like this, it's not just, hmm. uh, the, it's not just the Instagram. It's no. not just the Instagram, you know. Uh, there's a lot if more only. that goes into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez. Exactly. So there's a lot more that goes into it. And, mm. and that for me was eye-opening eye-opening you know I, I often think about how judy tanya uh, the rest of the the logisticals how they help us with i mean i think if i had to deal with all of this myself in terms of booking my own mm. trips my own flights all of that stuff um you know it's it's ridiculous no, it'll be a shit show. exactly and i can tell you from experience because before this i had photo africa and it, it was the same okay and the thing and matt even matt mm. had his own thing before joining us and it's you're in the office for a month yeah. You plan ahead, you do your flights, and, 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 you market, you do this. Then you go on the trip, and during that time, everything stops. Yeah. And then you've got these lulls. It's not, it is not possible. And I mean, we did a video, I don't know, you, you were here, where we spoke about the logistics team and yes. why it's important, flight yes. changes and stuff. And I do not know how this company would run without two things. Number one, cell phones, mm -hmm. and number two, the logistics girls. Definitely. There is no way it would crash. 100%. It's insane. And people don't understand that. So no, it's not possible to do it on your own. Exactly. I don't think it is. Exactly. And, and that's a lot of the stuff. So much of that happens behind the scenes. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's like the reality I think I'm trying to get to is everything that goes into this type of operation, mm. I didn't expect it at all. Oh, really? What, what were you thinking? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably didn't have many expectations on that because, I, yeah, I didn't know, quite know what to expect. But for sure, like my, my expectations have been exceeded mm. in terms of what goes into you this. Spent, but just when you started, you spent quite a bit of time because it was obviously very difficult. And I take my hat off to you for the transition to come into this and to immediately start guiding certain guests and yeah. to go on these trips. So you spent a lot of time in the business side of it. So you helped Elizabeth with finance and stuff Correct. like that. Yeah. Thoughts around that process. Was that the finance back end logistics mm -hmm. does that also was that was that surprising to you or? yeah i think the biggest surprise for me is the amount of work that goes into the finances mm. um in terms of i mean i take my hat off to uh, elisma and melissa as well joining recently the the amount of work that they do is unbelievable it's know? obscene and, and that's what keeps us running at the end of the day yeah money in the bank that's what mm. that's what keeps us I, I get like seven emails i'm like fuck <laughs> i'm gonna do this <laughs> exactly <laughs> these girls are doing like 300 a day or something <laughs> it's exactly. insane no, exactly so that was that was really interesting and obviously you know spending time with liz um going through all of that processes it, it made me a lot more sensitive to just handing over stuff to them if mm. that makes sense like from a guest if a guest had an inquiry yeah, yeah. you know it it, it it encouraged me to put in a lot more effort to try figure out figure it out myself before mm -hmm. adding another email to that mm. 300 emails 100 percent. back to one of the staff questions from al let's go he says be honest did you cry leaving the mara camp for the first time no, no, I didn't. But I was you cold bastard. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I the last time or the first time I was there, I was supposed to get back there. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let me re reword this. Last year, yeah. the first time I went up to the Mara, yeah. I was supposed to be going to 
two months later or whatever, where I was going to join you on that workshop. Yes, yes, yes. But then you got COVID. Boom, <laughs> COVID. So probably if I knew that I was going to be there only for that one week, mm-hmm. it might have been different, to be fair. I don't know if you remember this. This is, I think it's the last year, 2019 before COVID. Yeah. So also we had a long year, go, go, go. And I ran the workshop at the end of the year. Okay. So I had six clients. We did the workshop, everything. Um, I'm trying to think who was with me there. It was just me because it was a workshop, I think. Okay. Anyway, then on the last night, so you know how at the end of each week there's Qatar and they do Jumbo Kenya, Jumbo, Jumbo Buana, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, Jono then couldn't make it for that week, so he sends me an email, him and Judy, that I'm supposed to read to the staff. Now, at the end of each year, we do a little talk and everything. Yeah. So now I'm there. I'm pretty emotional as well. It's my last week. Yeah. I print these emails out. Billy prints them for me. I'm like, fuck it. I can't read this. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's, it's on YouTube. It was one of my vlogs that I recorded. Oh, really? Literally, I don't know how I made that through. Because you could hear him start trembling a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Charlotte, she was with me. She was with us for a short while. Okay. The next morning when we check out, I got all the stuff as well. And there, I had my sunglasses on the whole time. Really? It was very bright out if you get my drift. I get you. Yeah. I get you. It's hard, man. And Dixon's so funny. There's quite a few guests, and you would have seen this, where they cry at the end. Yes. And people are like, oh, no, it's so sad. And there was this one guy once, very funny, a European chap, um, very, I mean, well-off, great businessman, very, like, man's man. And so he hugs Dixon goodbye at the end, and, yeah. they, and he starts crying, but, like, ugly crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snot and tears. And yeah, 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 yeah. And Dixon just looks at him and says, come on, man, men don't cry. <laughs> No, that place touches you on a different level, hey. Yeah, I must say, I'll be honest, this, the last time now, like, it, I, I got to do one of those, you know, last night's little speeches, mm. I was the only one there, and like there, I really felt like, it's hard. I, there I felt emotional, for sure. But yeah. isn't it funny, those kind of emotions, where, and it's sometimes in a movie, or with someone, or with, at the stuff, you feel you're in control, and it just like, it doesn't sneak, yeah. it's just fucking here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it doesn't build, <laughs> it's like... Okay, let me just take a deep breath. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let me, another question from Al. Um, is Pascal's chili hotter than anything you've ever tasted? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Green chilies on yeah, the side. Yeah, it's good, eh? <laughs> Gee, I promise you, my favorite meal there, the samosas, like on, the I think it's the first time we arrived. Bomb. They are winners. Yeah. And then, like, I think it's the second last night, that curry. Yeah. My mouth's a watery. No, yeah. Not even joking. But it's so good. I, I can't do hot stuff. Dude, if I go to Nando's, Lemon and herb scares me. I'm, I'm fucking a baby, bro. <laughs> I really do. So when I get that stuff every single time, yeah. um, the two ladies, Monica, put, they try and so they put the samosas. These are the whatever beef ones. These yeah. are vegetables ones. And then the other ones, which is the hot ones. And yeah. I always try and mix mine up. Oh, brilliant. I, I can't. It. But that chili stuff is real. Yes, it's good. It is so good. I'm, I promise you my mouth is it's, like watering right it's now. It's very, very hot. I still think because the green chilies on the side thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a staple now. Yeah. So yeah, for those yeah. people, those listening that have been to the Mara camp, you'll know this. After every meal, today we're having beef and vegetables and rice and salad and green chilies on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In nine, 2019, this whole document, mini documentary my sister shot for us, Krista came with. Yes. And it's about a 25-minute documentary that she came with for the week. Mm-hmm. And she filmed the whole thing and I was talking in between and we spoke to the guests and, and the guides and stuff. And during that, it became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then she said at one stage... To, I think it was Monica, whoever said it, please just do that again. Yeah. And then from that moment, it picked up. I really. Because the next day, Engen was there, one of, my, one of our regular clients, Shazman was there. And when she finished, it's like, and, okay, and green chilies on the side. Yeah. And he just started building. 
I swear I to see. God, we need to print T-shirts. For sure. Not that even says, joking. I visited the Wild Aymara camp <laughs> and then small at the bottom. With green chilies on the side. That. We need to like patent that. 100%. So pissed. if anybody listening to this, if you want a green chilies on the side T-shirt, let us know. Yeah. We'll get them done. <laughs> uh, one more question from Al here. What's your most memorable guest moment over the past year? Sure. I think it has to be one definite like special moment for me was um, this this year now my recent trips to the Mara. I was it was myself, Jono, um, and I had a lady by the name of Lane Henley as mm-hmm. well as Laurie DeLeo. Yes, beautiful ladies, and and absolutely loved my time with them. And um, it was Laurie's first time to Kenya. Okay. Elaine had been there plenty of years ago, and anyway, so we I mean they. Throughout the week, we had some incredible sightings. Absolutely loved it. And towards like mid, mid-week, we found a leopard in a tree. Yo. And um, that, that big boy, Shuja, found him in a tree. And um, we sat there and we were like, let's wait for him to get down here. Mm-hmm. So we set up our, our um, settings, all of that, got everything ready for the moment. Myself and Jono went completely all to the wall with this and tried to pan it didn't work we fluffed it completely but that's that's another thing <laughs> but besides that i mean how many gin and tonics did john have in at that time because his panning normally gets better it was about four <laughs> o'clock let me put it that way <laughs> exactly um but nevertheless eventually this leopard started coming down the tree and like you could just hear the excitement in the vehicle like everyone was like you know he's coming he's coming he's coming it, immediately cameras going off um and eventually once he did come down that tree I, I can't explain to you, like the excitement from Elaine and Laurie was just unbelievable. They were so stoked and so happy that mm. they, they got this. And we hadn't even looked back at our images by that point, but just, you know, the adrenaline leading into that was unbelievable. It was, mm. it was honestly just like a really special moment. And I mean, one of many, definitely yeah. one of many, but uh, that one sticks out for me. For Interesting sure. one. I mean, just on that, it's that... To me as well, I mean, I can also, there's examples of being with people and seeing how they, their first crossing, their first lion, their yes. first polar bear, whatever that first is. Just to go off track a little bit, do you think, and maybe for you or for guests, I don't know if anybody's spoken about it, do you think that post-COVID, having not been able to go to places, mm-hmm. do you think it's changed people's way that they see, feel, and experience things like this? Definitely. Definitely. I think there's become, a, I mean, if I talk for myself, I definitely know I've got such a deeper appreciation for all of this because, um, I mean, just to think how difficult it was to not go back to the Mara when I did get COVID um, and miss out on that. You know, um, I, I think there's definitely uh, the importance on these types of areas such as the Mara, uh, these reserves that we ha- have here in South Africa. For me, especially, it's becoming more and more important day by day mm. to preserve these, these special places, you know, and everything that they're about. Um, so after COVID, I can f- for sure think so. Mm. For sure think so. I've been thinking about it. I think I've taken less images on all my trips since COVID. So I'm doing a presentation in Chicago a couple of weeks from now, yeah. and it's literally about how COVID changed my view of photography and creativity yes. and the whole process. Yeah. And I've been speaking to a lot of people about it, and there's definitely something that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, where people would normally get to a place and they'll just start firing, where now there's almost, let me just suck this up for a moment. Yes. Let me just live in the moment and not go into the camera yet. Yeah. And there's also more times. And my last private now in Timavati, Mo, Marie, 
she as well, once or twice, was sitting with four male lions on a buffalo kill. Yeah. And then take a couple of shots and you were sitting. Just sit back and take watch. It in. And I'm seeing a lot more of that. Yes. And I think that's a good thing. For sure. It's a good thing. For sure. I think people have also become... Is patience the right word? I, I'm not too sure. But just... Or in, just happy to sit. Mm. Even if there's nothing. Even if there's nothing. I think back to my couple of weeks now. Even when we would stop to look at a bird, the bird flies off. But for that couple of seconds, you've just got complete silence. You've got the birds off. Like, I, I feel like people are appreciating those moments. It does, eh? Um, I really think so. Yeah. Johan asks, where do you want to be next year this time? I'm not sure if he's talking about where, like, in which country, or where as a career, or where as you. Answer it as you will. <laughs> yeah, because I went two ways with that. That's. <laughs> uh, let me answer both of them. Mm -hmm. Let me answer both of them. I would love to... I would love to visit Zimbabwe. Like, Zim. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. At some point, hopefully next year, we see how it goes, visit Zimbabwe. Um, but besides that, in terms of a career, um, something I definitely, Trev and I want to work on quite, um, quite hard is, is making something out of the rental um, department within mm -hmm. the company and actually make something of it in terms of bringing a bit of revenue for the company from that. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to grow that. Uh, over and above that, I'm, I'm looking to try and, I, you know, I think I've, I've still got so much to learn with photography. So I'd love to be at a point where I'm differentiated from a typical, someone searching in YouTube, I want to learn photography. You know, I want to be differentiated from those type of people and be at a point where every single guest that I come across, there's something whatever it is, just something of value that I can add to them. Um, and, you know, obviously to get to that point, I, I really want to spend some time, especially over this quiet time now, getting stuck into some more details um, of photography, some more off the, off the beginner tracks, if I can call But you've it already that. gone above and beyond and trying to make yourself better. I remember in the beginning, how long have you been with us? Just more than a year. Like okay, just there months. was sit with this one, sit with that one, so on and so forth. And I had a long chat to Mo and to Tori, who you had in Madikwe. Yeah. And like the presentation you did and the little notes you gave them on yeah. Lightroom and so on and so forth. Yeah. That's already above and beyond. So I, yeah. I, I commend you on that. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very That's much. That's really, really cool. Thanks very much. So what happens next? What can people expect then if they come with you on a trip from a photographic point of view? Well, look, I think, I think something that might work to my advantage at times is because I'm so <coughs> new to this as well, photography, I mean... More than a, just more than a year ago, I was sitting at a lot of people's exact same positions where I thought, how on earth am I going to learn all of this stuff? How on earth am I going to teach people all of this stuff? Um, and I think I sympathize then a lot, a lot more, not a lot more than anyone else in the company, but, but that's something that I, I like to keep in mind is that I was once there, you know? So I, I think the patience that I, I bring to the table to help people and mm -hmm. explain it over and over and over if I have to, um, because again, like I say, I was, I was there the other day, literally mm. the other day I was at that point where I came to you and I would come to Mike mm. and I would ask you guys the exact same question yeah. because it's it been a year, hey? exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I just, I just want people to take something away from a trip, whatever mm. it is. And I, th I think there's also a lot there to be said or discussed around the mindset that guests bring to a trip. Certainly. I've had once or twice, not recently, before COVID and then back, but people arriving, photographers, and they're almost, it's almost like a pissing contest that whatever you give, they push back against. Mm, definitely. And I think if people arrive 
with the intent of I want to have number one a great time because that I I'll put my money on on any of our guys creating a great laughing experience. Exactly. There's a naughty sense of humor to Wild Eye which I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to 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 how do I explain this? Oh, so maybe before I went to Iceland last year, mm. uh, I was looking at filters mm-hmm. like uh, ND filters, Grad filters. So I got a I should know what, is it leaf filters or whatever? Mm-hmm. I got, how do I not know what filters I bought? It was expensive. <laughs> anyway, so with that, the, the company who I bought it from, they ran a little workshop thing in Joburg. Mm-hmm. So they took us up to the top of this one building at sunset, all safe and secure. And we did the sunset shoot over Joburg. Mm-hmm. And because of who I am in Wild Eye, the girl who was running it was completely like, she's like, I'm not sure, she's trying. And then other people are like, oh, this, that. Yeah. And it was also like, I'm not going to do my thing. Yeah. And even in that situation, theoretically, if I know more, that's cool. Yeah. But there's tips and tricks you pick up from every single person. Definitely. at once. And I made a point not because I can't help myself yeah. to try and go help someone to do something. Yeah. But I had this one chat with this old lady. And even with her, she had no fucking idea what she was doing. Yeah. But talking through it, and she asked some questions which got you thinking. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Because you go in with the idea of, I want to learn something. I want to have something. 100%. So if, if guests come on a trip, and it doesn't matter which one of our guides it is, and they're open to the value that we try and give. Definitely. You might not, we might not overhaul the way you photograph. Yeah. You might not, but you definitely will take something. Exactly. But if people push back. And I've gotten to the point now, maybe it's wrong, yeah. where if I get pushed back, I'm like, okay, you know what, fuck you, bro, you, you do you. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm not going to try and convince you that I can add value to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on doing what I do. But if someone pushes back, it's like, hey, man, you it do is what you. It is. Yeah, it's a exactly. tough one. However, that being said, I can't remember. I, I'm thinking specifically of 2015. There was one or two guests that year mm-hmm. that had serious pushback because it's almost like you challenge their ego when you want to change them. Yeah. I'm not saying you're a bad photographer. I'm saying yes. try this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. since then, I really, I think our guests have come to the party. Definitely. Definitely. I had such a lovely group of ladies, uh, four groups of four ladies um, in the Mara now recently. And they just all got on like, what's a good expression for that? They just got on House really on fire. Well. House on fire. That's <laughs> it. They got on so well. Um, and something that worked really well for all of us in the group is we would often, not in a bad way, but use each other's photos to explain things. So, for example, we would come over to the one lady, Jashika, you know Jashika, mm. um, bring everyone around, come have a look here, what Jashika's doing, we're going to try this, we're going to try that. And all, based off of that, what the guests started doing as well is one of the ladies would give their input. And, and that's what I believe, that's where my where the most growth for me has come is from teaching people. 100%. Um, and, and that's what it, what it did for those guests as well. When they were able to just step out of that comfort zone a little bit and say, you know, Jashika, why don't you maybe try this? And immediately, like, the ideas bounce off. And, and like you say, they were just so all in to mm. learn as much as they can, yeah. but at the same time, step out of that yeah. comfort zone. I um, think the teaching thing's interesting because if, if I'm talking to someone about, let's say we're doing Lightroom. Yeah or processing an image. If you are, and this is not for you, this is for anybody, if you're new at something, and you've learned it, you've tried it, you've done it, and you've started teaching about it, imagine if you will, a, a picture of a little circle, mm-hmm. that's where you are now in the conversation or the teaching process, and then you draw one line up, that's where it's going. Yeah. The more experience you get, you can have three potential places it could go. Yes, so exactly. As the conversation goes, the more experience you get, you start getting five, seven, 12, 11. Yes. And sometimes then from the first layer, you draw another layer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, and I remember this from doing digital photography courses back then. Yeah. 
is I would often, when it gets to Q&A, if someone starts asking the question, I'm already ready to answer four questions from now. If they ask me why, 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 I'm already there. 100%. And I think that's what comes with experience. And also, like you say, that you get more working with people. Yes. And I've, I've gotten great ideas and inspiration from people who are brand new at photography mm -hmm. because they ask different questions. Exactly. They say different things. They see different things. Yeah. And they sometimes ask the most silly questions on paper. Yes. But if you look at it, it's like, oh, shit, okay. Never thought about that's it that way. Yeah, exactly. So I think that the, the, the interesting thing as well, when you sometimes do these, if it's a workshop or a safari, but if you start, let's look at Jazz's, Jessica's pictures. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel vulnerable in that state. Yeah, definitely. And they pull back. Exactly. And often it's those people who then push back against new information because they, I, I, I think they reckon that if I take Apple Sammy's advice on this, it means I was shit to start with. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean that. No, not at all. Why does LeBron James still have a personal trainer and a nutritionist and a basketball coach? Exactly. Because there's the value of that. Exactly. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Interesting for dynamic. Sure. Another so. question here from Yuhan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a couple. Yeah. What's been the most well, most important lesson you've learned this year? What is the most important lesson you've learned this year? Sure. Check in on time for your flight. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget my passport. There is that. I did learn that one the hard way. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, G, I'm going to take it a little bit more personal. Go. But I'm, I'm gonna, I would say, like, is to value my time at home with my family and stuff like that. Um, and I think, you know, like I say, I, I haven't even traveled as much as some of the other guys have, you know, with mm. families and wives and children and all of that stuff, you know, so, but nevertheless, for me, it's been such a valuable lesson for me to learn, mm. to appreciate all of that so much uh, when I am at home and to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, because I had one or two situations where I was out for two weeks or whatever, I'd come back for, three, four days in between, and then I'm off on that next trip. And like that time became so, so valuable for me. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's something that I think I took for granted while I was, um, even when I was working at Maritaba at that lodge, my work became so, that was like it for me. Mm -hmm. It was work. I needed to be successful. I think now I'll probably measure success differently to that. Explain but, that. So back then it was like all about as much money in the bank as possible. I want to get to a point that in five years time, before I'm 30, I want to be doing well for myself. Blah, 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 blah. Sure, sure. And that's just completely changed for me. Um, uh, just in the sense that my priorities have changed so much in terms of, you know, when I get home, put my work down, put my work down. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not about that only for me anymore. Um, so what is success now? Being happy, I think, gee. Like finding... We're stopping this podcast right now. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> That's it. People don't fucking get that. Yeah. And I'm talking about people in our office, Yeah. our guests, Yeah. a lot of my coaching clients. That, what you just said. Yeah. If you can find that, and the example is always, like I said, you can either make a million dollars a year, but be miserable as hell. Yeah. Or you can make 300,000 and love life. Which are you choosing? Happy life. That's All day, it. every day. Can I, I want to just ask you Hans' next question. He, yeah. he got carried away. Yeah. Um, maybe into this conversation. What part did you least enjoy about guiding this year? Sure. Because the obvious, if I'm looking at you and listening to what the guys are saying and speaking for myself, the thing I don't, the thing I like least about guiding is extended periods away from home. Yeah. But it's a double-edged sword because 
I'm in Iceland, I'm in Svalbard, I'm in Mara. incredible places, exactly. But still, it's it's a blessing and a curse. Yes. So what would yours be? Shucks to you. Yo, do you know what's been tough, eh? Hmm? Is keeping to the disciplines that I have when I'm at home and in a typical routine. What's that? Training, so nutrition? So training, nutrition. Nutrition, I, I can't say no to dessert. <laughs> I can't. It's like a weakness. You, you're still young. You've got the metabolism of a racehorse, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're good. But I can't say no to So that becomes really challenging. I think it's so easy to slip out of it. And you always, you end up telling yourself, you know, it's just a week. Mm. It's just a week. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm not going to train. Wada, wada. And you come back after that week. And then to get back into it all of a sudden <laughs> is like, no. It's very hard. So discipline, I think, has been very challenging for me. Um, I still haven't clocked that one that very well. Um, but sure, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably have to think about it a bit to, to answer it. Okay, while you think, here's Judy's question. Mention someone new that you met this year that you found to be interesting or inspirational. It can be a guest, local guide, new friend, whatever. Start for at you, hey? This is an interesting question. Yeah, yes. Mention yeah. someone new that you met this year that you found to be an in interesting or inspirational. It can be a guest, local guide, new friend. I met a, I met a wonderful, wonderful gentleman um, on one of my Mara trips, a guy by the name of Patrick Mizzullo. Mm -hmm. And Pat was just, I think he's been through quite a lot throughout his life. Um, and, you know, I won't go into the details of all of his story, mm. but it was just, it was so fascinating to spend time with him out in the Mara and to see how content he was at times out there. Um, and I don't know if that was the wildlife that did it for him, mm. that, uh, you know, that landscape, the Mara camp, the staff, whatever, but... Um, you know, I just found like within two days of knowing this guy, him and I would sit around and, and Andrew was around as well. Um, he was hosting that week with me and we would sit around with him sometimes where out at the fire, everyone had gone to bed. He would just come and sit and open up to us. Um, and I think at times with a heavy heart uh, with, with the stuff that he went on, but at the same time, just to see how appreciative he was of being out there, mm. I took a lot from that. Um, you know, in terms of just, again, I think appreciating as difficult as it may be in certain um, instances sometimes for us, just appreciating what being out there can do for a person. What is out there? Ah, oh, man, out in the bush, out in the wilderness. It's hmm. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's eye-opening. Like, you know, I actually feel a bit emotional about it, thinking about it because he was just, it meant so much to him. Um, and being out there, I, I don't know if, if that means those nights sitting around the, the campfire and mm -hmm. being interrupted by hippos making a loud noise. Yeah. Um, or, you know, at times just sitting in complete silence, staring into the fire. You mentioned it twice now, fire. Yeah. reason I asked this, and, and I was kind of thinking that's what you were going to say. Yeah. There's, there's research that's been done. And this is, I mean, there's, it's, some of it's peer-reviewed, others know but about what fire does for us when you sit and look at it, really? the campfire. Yeah. So I spoke to a therapist years ago and he also said, you gotta go and find your fire. Mm -hmm. Now that could probably mean uh, go and find your passion, go and find the thing that makes you feel alive mm -hmm. or the fire. So if we go back to DNA bases from when we were cavemen, mm -hmm. what did the fire mean to us? 
it meant safety in numbers, mm-hmm. warmth, I'm probably going to get food. Light. Yeah. Light. Yeah. Right, so all these good things. So we're, that idea, and you know the feeling, you sit at the campfire, you're staring, and you just go away. Mm. But it's a safe. There's very few people, I would like to guess, that can sit at a campfire and get anxious and depressed because of it. Yeah. It makes us feel safe. And I've also had conversations with people around a campfire that you never thought would happen. Exactly. Because it almost puts you in that psychologically like safe, safe space. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So for someone like this, was it Patrick? Yeah, Patrick, yeah. To, to that, I mean, to be out there and in nature. There's also studies done on how na- how we feel in nature, how it changes brainwaves and stuff like that. Yeah. Very interesting to say. Yeah. What you say now, it's, I mean, around that campfire, I think there's been discussions which... <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't mind having with their therapists back home. Yeah. But it's a safe space. It feels normal. There's something ancient and raw and guttural about it yeah. where we feel it's okay to open up certain things. To, to strangers. Yeah. To strangers as well. I think there's but a deeper connection as well. Yeah. But the connection is because of fire. You're sitting together. Yeah. In the past, if we lived in tribes, yeah. if you were from another tribe, you're not fucking sitting in my fire. Yeah. Go make your own fire. I'm going to stab you with a spear. Type yeah. thing. So exactly. by default, someone sitting around the same campfire is automatically... Yeah. In this, in the circle of trust. Yeah. What's yeah. that movie? Meet the Fuckers. Circle of Trust. No. No, I don't know. Ben Stiller. Anyway, different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean that, and I mean over and above that, uh, probably one of the most incredible discussions I had with uh, around that fire as well this year that I'll I'll never ever forget <clears> that <throat> moment is a chat with Dixon. Um, there was one night towards my last week that I was out there um, and we had this same discussion two, two nights in a row and mm. something that him, Dixon and I share quite strong is, is our faith. Mm. Um, you know, and him and I just got, got into discussions about that. And again, like just such a humbling moment to be out there with him. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, if they were asked this exact same question, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they mentioned one of our staff members having mm. a chat with him. Um, but for me, like I say, I'll never, ever forget that, that chat that I had with Dixon mm. around that fire. And again, just completely opening up to, to, to someone in that safe zone. It creates a very safe space. Yeah. Psychologically and emotionally. It's like, okay, cool. Fire's there, means it's hard. It's, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You going away for Christmas? I am. I am. I'm heading off down to KwaZulu-Natal, eastern coastline of South Africa. Nice. Um, I'll go visit my dad and them a little bit down there. Uh, and then from there, heading down to the Western Cape of South Africa, where my girlfriend and them, they have a, a holiday house down there. Oh, so it's good. My, my best mate is coming down from New nice. Zealand. Um, so I haven't seen him since before COVID. So I'm looking forward to seeing him That's as well. That's awesome, man. He's actually, he's my girlfriend's cousin. It's a bit of a... Oh, wow. Interception. Well, there. there's a whole discussion. Well, yeah. well caught, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then when is your when he's traveling again in the new year? When's that starting? Yeah, Feb's Feb's my first one, uh, and then from about June onwards it kicks off again. Mm. Obviously with the Mara season, um, I'm on a big cats and tuskers with Matt Yardy next year oh, as nice. well. Looking forward to that. And Baselli's going to blow your mind. And Baselli, I cannot wait. I cannot Special wait. Special place. Exactly. So, anyway, listen. Where can people get hold of you? Ah. Uh, People can get a hold of me on Instagram. My handle is Michael Apple Sammy. I'll um, put that link in the description. Yeah, well. that's perfect. As well as on email. I'm sure you'll do the same for that. 100%. Michael A at wild-eye.co.za. Awesome stuff, man. Thank you so much. Proud to have you on the team. It's been a good ride. We're only getting started. For sure. But uh, we'll do this again. For sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah, I appreciate it. Lacker. 
Right, so there you go. Amazing young guy, and I still reckon he's going to be a rock star in the industry. Watch this space. Anyway, if you guys want to get in touch, his email, Michael A, or one word, Michael A at wildeye.co.za. Mine is jerry at wildeye.co.za. I can always put you in touch as well. But uh, yeah, go and check him out. Go and book a trip with him. Get in touch. He's a phenomenal young guide with a hell of a lot to offer. Really, really cool guy. Anyway, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I will chat in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Bye for now.